Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. Hello, and welcome to episode number 198 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you haven't already, please take a moment to leave a quick rating or review for the show. It really helps me to grow the show and helps me to know that you like it and that you want more of it. So all you have to do is scroll down on your podcast player. If you're on Apple Podcasts, tap the stars. If you have 30 extra seconds, leave a quick review. I read every single one of them, and I so, so appreciate your feedback. Okay, today we have my dear friend Veronica Peretti back on the show. And if you've been listening to the show for the past year or so, you know that she is a good friend of the pod. And so she is back again today. And we're just doing a big overview of 2020. Now I've had her on the show before where we talk a little bit more about the difference between your sun sign and your moon sign and your rising sign. And a lot of those are a little dated because we talked specifically about what was going on in the stars at the time. However, we do talk a little bit about Venus and compatibility and what to look for. If you are going to be looking at your astrological chart in comparison to someone that you might be dating and what to look for, what not to look for, and I'll give you a hint, your sun sign doesn't really matter in terms of compatibility. There are other things to look at. So you can check out those episodes and those are linked up in the show notes. But today we're going to be talking about 2020 as a whole. I will definitely have her back on the show again next year 
maybe in March or April or so, where we can dive a little bit more into kind of the nitty gritty of what's actually going on in the next few months or the few weeks of that episode being aired. But today we're just looking at some of the big themes that are going on in 2020. So we talk about how it relates to your love life and your money life, your career. And we also talk a little bit about politics and Donald Trump and the election next year and impeachment. So if you are following following that news, or if you are also a news junkie like me, and you also think astrology is fascinating, you're definitely going to love the conversation towards the end of our interview today. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Before we get started, I know that some of you all are really into astrology and some of you are all like, I don't know, Veronica, that's a little too far out there. It seems kind of whack to me. And I just want to share a little bit about how I relate to it. I've had an on-again, off-again relationship, you could say, with astrology. And part of it is astrology and popular culture. We really just know our sun signs, like when the day you were born, like you're a Capricorn or you're Aquarius or you're a Gemini or whatever. And so we look at horoscopes and we just think it's kind of ridiculous that there's only 12 types of people in the world and how can like all, you know, everyone in one of these types be going through the same exact thing, you know, according to the horoscopes. And it seems a little absurd. And that is kind of absurd. And when you dive a little bit deeper into astrology and you pull your chart, which you can do for free, or you can hire someone like Veronica to help you interpret your chart a little better then you can see that the possibilities of ways charts can be created are really like infinite. There are your moon, sun and rising, which are important signs to look at that help determine your emotional body, your personality, the way the world sees you, all that kind of stuff. But then of course, there are all the planets. So Mars, Venus, Mercury, Saturn, like where are they showing up? What signs are they in? What houses are they in? And then also the relationship that they have to each other is going to show up differently in different people's charts. And that's why one Gemini can be like this and another Gemini can be like that. And it's because A, they might have or most likely have different moon and rising signs, but also the placement of the planets, which are called aspects, can be different. And that's going to make the planets talk, so to speak, in a different way. So Veronica uses the word aspects a little bit in the episode today, and I didn't really ask her what it meant. So just so that you know, aspects mean where the planets are in relation to each other. So are Jupiter and Mercury right next to each other? Are they in a square to each other? Like if you were to look at the chart, they make a 90 degree angle. Are they opposing each other? All of those things can play out the energies differently. So that's just what it means when she says that. Anyways, back to astrology and my relationship to it. You know, there have definitely been times in my life where I got a little too into astrology, meaning that I sourced some of my decisions and desires or things that I think that I should do or not do based on astrology. And so I was outsourcing a lot to astrology. And that got to be a point where it just wasn't really healthy. It wasn't really what I wanted to use astrology for. And also, as you know, when you disempower yourself by giving your power away to another person or a thing, it doesn't feel good. I was very anxious. I was living in a lot of fear, like, oh, God, this thing's going to go in retrograde, or this planet's doing that. And it's just not a really good thing to live by. And also, that's not really what the point of astrology is, or really any modality that you want to use in order to help yourself grow. It's never supposed to be about 
fear or do this or else. And so I took some time away from astrology. I wasn't really following very many podcasts. I wasn't booking any sessions with Veronica or any other astrologists. And then I started to dabble slowly back into it. And I feel like I have a good relationship with it now. And basically what my relationship with it now is, if it resonates and it's helpful, then I'll use it. And I will keep that in mind as I'm making decisions for my own personal life or my business. And if it doesn't feel resonant at all, then I just leave it. I don't even worry about it. It doesn't matter. And I think, you know, there's so much going on in our charts and in the skies, like it's impossible to live by everything. I think that would just make us crazy. So I think whatever resonates with you when you're looking at your chart or when you're having your chart read or whatever it is, or even when you're just listening to someone read the horoscope, if something's really resonating for you, then it's resonating for you for a reason. There's some part of you, maybe deep down, or maybe that's on the surface that wants to come out and play and say, yes, I really want to cultivate this thing in my life. And if you're feeling like that, then run with it. The energy is there. And if there's a lot of stuff that's coming up for you in your chart, or when you're listening to a horoscope being read, and you're like, "Uh, I don't know, then that stuff just isn't ready to manifest itself in your life. And you can just let it go. Once I started doing that, then astrology has been so helpful just to keep in mind, like, what are the energies and what's going to be supportive. And I just think of it as cycles, right? Like, going to Orange Theory or deciding to run five miles on the day that my period starts just isn't a good idea, right? Like my energy is just not going to be where it needs to be to survive an Orange Theory workout or to survive a five mile run. And I'm going to save something like that that's going to be more during my follicular phase or when I'm ovulating because that's when your body naturally has more energy. And we could say the same about the seasons of the year. We naturally have more energy in the spring and in the summer we're naturally going to have less energy in the fall and the winter. And so I just see astrology as just part of this energetic cycle. And yeah, there's lots of different cycles going on simultaneously, and they're not necessarily lined up. Your period may not be lined up with the moon. Your period is definitely something that goes on every 28 or however many days, whereas like the seasons are a yearly cycle and astrology can go through cycles every day, cycles every year, cycles every three years, just depending on what planet. And so I just like to take Take all of this into account and just say, okay, where's my energy feeling? Because wherever my energy is feeling, like I can make decisions based off of that. So if I know the energy is going to be really low, really slow, like trying to schedule a big launch in my business or trying to do a bunch of things socially or trying to go to Orange Theory three times in a row, like none of that is just going to be a good idea. And so that's how I use astrology, but I use it in conjunction with knowing my own energy levels are based on my cycle, the seasons, the moon, all of that kind of good. So with that in mind, let's get onto my episode with Veronica. And before we do, just one more quick thing. I often get asked who I recommend for astrologers or to get readings done. And obviously, I love Veronica. She's a good friend of mine. And I've also hired her as my astrologist. And we've done readings together. And I think she's really good. And I think she's really helpful at helping you see the astrology in a way that can be helpful rather than fear mongering. I feel sometimes there are some astrologers out there that's like, oh, man, it's going to be a big one. And it just kind of creates fear. And if you're already fear prone, not so great. So I highly recommend Veronica if you want to get your chart read. A couple other astrologers that I recommend. I love Heidi Rose Robbins. She has a very different style than Veronica. And she's really into like poetry. And she just kind of feels like the great mother, whereas Veronica 
is, you know, she's into politics and she's an Aries. So she's going to be a little like, yeah, this is how it is. And I personally love that energy. I also personally love Heidi Rose Robbins, very different kind of energy. I also love Jennifer Raciope. However, I don't know if she's doing sessions right now, but you can always go to her website and we'll link all of that stuff up in the show notes. So you can go over there and see if you want to get a reading done. And I think anytime's a great time to get a reading, but especially there seems to be that energy of when we get to a new year. A lot of people tend to want a reading as we go into a new year to set ourselves up right. So I highly recommend it, especially if you've never had one or if you're a little skeptical, it's totally worth it. All right. Now, without further ado, let's get to my conversation with Veronica. Hi, Veronica. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, Veronica. I'm so glad to be here. (laughs) Um, This is so fun. So for those of you listening who don't know, Veronica is a friend of the pod, as many podcast hosts will say. This is your third time coming on? I think. I think think it's third. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll put the other two episodes in the show notes. So if you want to learn a little bit more about astrology, kind of the background, sun, moon, and rising signs, how Venus affects your love life, we have some other episodes. That'll be in the show notes. I highly recommend you go back and listen to that if you want to learn a little bit more. And today we're going to focus on 2020, a new year, a new decade, a lot of fun stuff going on. So Veronica, why don't you just start us off and tell us what some of the big themes to be looking out for next year are? So there's a lot going on. And so as you are a Capricorn, this is a very big year for you because we have a lot of Capricorn energy. So in astrology, we're always looking at not only where the planets are, but also what they're opposing. So we have a lot happening on the Capricorn Cancer axis. So for those of you that are newer to astrology, Capricorn generally is considered the father of the zodiac. It is our relationship to the patriarchy, to hierarchy, to government, to corporate structures, to actual buildings, architecture, the land, the earth. It's very Capricorn. It's the thing that really holds us down and creates the foundation and the structures for us to exist. Cancer is the other side of that coin. It's the maternal. It's ruled by the moon. Capricorn is ruled by Saturn. And Cancer ruled by the moon is much more emotional and it ebbs and flows. It has maternal energy. When we think cancer, we think being at home, being safe, being coddled in some way and having the comforts of life, the things that we need, the care that we need to feel nurtured. So when we're looking at this axis, Capricorn often represents who we are out in the world. So our reputation, what we do in our career, how we relate to being in the world and how we express the more masculine energy, you know, mm-hmm. and cancer represents who we are at home. It's how we are when we are, you know, the moon, it's, it's who you are when you go to bed at night and who you are when you wake up in the morning and who you are with your family and your partner and the people that know you the best because they know you when you're not necessarily quote on. So whatever you do out in the world is going to affect your home life. Whenever you do at home is going to affect your life out in the world. And so this is the joke of work-life balance, right? So everyone wants work-life balance as if they're two separate things, but they're really not two separate things. Like they feed into one another, right? So when we're looking at everything going on in 2020, the big theme is like, God, everybody is in Capricorn. <laughs> I feel like the whole Zodiac is camped out in Capricorn. I feel like most people like <laughs> dread that. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> more Capricorn. Yeah, so, not, so 
the thing about Capricorn is it's not a party. So Sagittarius <laughs> is the party. We left the party. The party is where we're, we're leaving the party right now. Though I don't feel like, you know, 2019, I still don't know if I like 2019 or 2019 and the year is over. But <laughs> what 2019 is really, we were so psyched that Jupiter was going to be in Sagittarius for the whole year. So Jupiter takes 12 years to go around the zodiac. There's 12 houses. It takes a year in each house, in a year in each sign rather. So you know, Jupiter and Sagittarius, it was like, oh my God, this is so great. We're all going to love this. It's going to be so fun. I feel like it was a really challenging year and the Jupiter and Sagittarius was the respite. It was like that space of light that we needed amidst a really challenging year. And I've said all year to my listeners that this year is about building the foundation for what you want to transform in 2020. So this is the ramp up year. This is the year of laying the groundwork. And that's because we've had these two big behemoths, Pluto and Saturn, coming closer and closer and closer together in the sky, in the sign of Capricorn. So this is the big thing. It's happening January 12th. And what's really, really interesting is that we are already seeing this. We've been seeing it all year, but we're really starting to feel it now. And as we're finishing out this year, it feels like we're gaining more and more and more momentum heading toward that moment of Saturn and Pluto coming together. Now, Saturn and Pluto coming together only happens every 36 years. And what does that mean? Like, what can we expect? When we feel so like when Saturn and Pluto come together, Pluto is the planet of destruction for the sake of transformation. He rules Scorpio. He's the phoenix rising from the ashes. He's not scared to burn it down to rebuild it. Okay. Saturn is really honoring that the architecture, the grammar, the structure of support, right? So if you've got a prominent Saturn or if you have a lot of Capricorn in your chart, you're generally much more oriented toward being fiscally responsible and having a reliable job and you know making sure that your house is in order and the mortgage is paid and all of that stuff. You know, if you've got a lot of if you've got some prominent Saturn or a lot of Capricorn, you probably don't let your bank account go into overdraft fees. Like it's just that's more is who you are, right? So really? <laughs> that's Saturn. Saturn is responsibility. Saturn is like Saturn rewards. I talked about this the other day when I was doing one of my astropolitics things on Instagram. Which are awesome, by the way. So everyone should go follow Veronica Preddy on Instagram. <laughs> so on Instagram like, stories. Astrology of like Roger Stone and also. Yeah. So we were talking about Roger Stone the other day, which I was super excited about because I think he's one of the weirdest people in the history of the world. <laughs> and I just like had so much fun looking at his chart. Um, and, you know, when we were talking about how Saturn and Pluto coming together for him personally, but for all of us, it's like, depending on where it is in your chart is really what it's transforming. But with Saturn, when it hits something in your chart, that's major, whether that's your rising, your ascendant or your mid heaven or your sun or your moon, when it hits something in your natal chart, that's major, it will reward you if you've done the work and it will take you to task if you've been cutting the corners. That's Saturn. Saturn's a disciplinarian. You know, sometimes people call Saturn like the principal of the Zodiac. Like you don't want to get called to the principal's office. You got to do the work. You got to do the stuff when you're supposed to do it. And if you let it go and you didn't do the work, then you're going to get called to the principal's office and it's not fun. 
So that's Saturn. Pluto, on the other hand, is like, I will completely burn this down for the sake of rebuilding it. I want transformation at all costs. I always think of tapas and yoga. Tapas is the willingness to endure intensity for the sake of transformation. And that is Pluto. And that's why Scorpio people who have are ruled by Pluto, they have that willingness to endure intensity for the sake of transformation, even if that means being uncomfortable. Whereas Capricorns are not interested in being uncomfortable. They're interested in being secure. So we have these two very different energies coming together with Saturn and Pluto in the sign of Saturn. Saturn rules Capricorn. So it's a more security, stability oriented, secure sign. And Pluto has been in Capricorn for a long time because he moves very slow. He's so far away from us that he moves very, very, very slowly. So what we've been seeing in the government and the society and this rise of populism across the world and just the general upheaval of the people taking it to the government structure, that's Pluto and Capricorn. And we've been seeing that for a long time. I mean, we've been seeing waves of that for years. Saturn coming to Pluto, it's like, okay, we're transforming and we're rebuilding. And where is that happening in your chart? And so that's really important. So if you don't know where that's happening in your chart, you can look it up online. There's lots of free places to look up your chart. And if that feels overwhelming or you want some more analysis to go along with that, you can always get a, a chart reading with an astrologer. And wherever you've got Capricorn in your chart, that part of your life is being completely transformed. Collectively, we are seeing this transformation in our society in terms of the things that support us. You know, even like, I know this is a dating podcast and we're getting like so political and society. We talk about politics, that's fine. (laughs) But like, you know, even Bitcoin, that's like an example of this Pluto-Saturn thing going on because we are you know, forever we've thought, you know, cash is king and then there was credit cards and, but that really represents cash and like, you know, but now it's like Bitcoin. It's like a whole new way of managing money and value. So all the things that we thought were immovable, Saturn, Capricorn are not immovable. Those things are being transformed and that's Pluto. So take that down into your life and see where are there things that are moving forward? Where are there things that are a little stuck? Where are there things that you've been feeling like you need to make a change? And that might be where Pluto Saturn is popping up for you. Okay. That's a really long explanation of that, but I- Along all the effects of the Pluto So we've been feeling it all year. And I will say, I really feel like we're going to feel it all next year as well. But the big, big, big potent moment is January 12th. So right now we're feeling it a lot. We're going to feel it a lot right after. And then like with everything with energy, there's not a hard stop or a hard start. It's like, it's gradual. Okay. So we are feeling it now and we're going to be feeling it. December 26th, we're going to have the solar eclipse in Capricorn. So we're just wrapping up a Mercury retrograde in Scorpio. So at the time that we're recording this, at the time that we're recording this. So if you're listening to this later, you can listen to this anytime in 2020 and it'll be, you know, yeah, this will go out the last week of December. So, so we're wrapping up Mercury retrograde, which really was this like preparatory phase for the eclipses, which are going to take us into that January 12th. So it's really like all bases loaded and we're going toward this January 12th conjunction. So we're going to have December 26th, the day after 
Christmas, we're going to have the new moon solar eclipse in Capricorn. And so a little brief on eclipses, there's going to be five of them next year. Eclipses are really major. They are the times when similar to Mercury retrograde, something is brought to light that maybe we didn't see before. But Mercury retrograde generally has like shorter lasting effects and eclipses generally have life changing, long lasting impacts. And we are having the nodes right now, which are the ones that impact the eclipses. So when a new moon or a full moon happens near one of the moon's nodes, that's what we call an eclipse. And the eclipse, and you can see them, obviously, like depending on where you are in the world, when the eclipses happen, if you're in a part of the world that you can see it and you can, we had a big one in North America, like three years ago, I think. The big solar eclipse? Yeah. When was that? That must have been the summer of 2017. So we have them. The eclipses always happen. We may not be able to view them from where we live in the world, but energetically, they're still impacting us, whether or not we can see them. So we've had the nodes in Cancer and Capricorn all this year. And so they have been involved in those eclipses, right? So most of 2020, we're also going to be having eclipses in Cancer Capricorn until the very end. So I won't even get into that because the nodes will move on in December of 2020, but they'll move on before that. But we'll have the nodes will move in May into Gemini and Sagittarius. But the first half of the year with the North node in Cancer and the South node in Capricorn, this is very much about you excavating the part of your life that is stuck so that you can move toward building something that is for you, that you love and you want to nurture because that's cancer. And we want to look to the North node as to where we're growing. The South node is where we're coming from and the North node is where we're going. But all of this stuff is happening around the South node. So this is a lot of release happening. This is a lot of letting go. Okay. So Um, so then the beginning or the end of the year into the beginning of the year is going to feel heavy emotionally. You know, it feels heavy right now. Yeah. And I I think the thing about it, we've had a lot of Scorpio recently, which is always emotionally heavy. I know. Tell me about it. (laughs) But this is going to be heavy in a different way. Okay. Capricorn is heavy in the way that it calls on us to be responsible. It calls on us to show up for our lives. It calls on us to really take things seriously And Jupiter has been, so Jupiter is a big part of what's going on in 2020 as well. So he's going to be heading into Capricorn. When all this stuff goes down in January, we're going to have five planets in Capricorn. So it's a lot of Capricorn energy that is going to make everyone feel maybe heavy. Often people feel really heavy when there's a lot of Capricorn energy because Capricorn is very dense energy, but it's also going to feel like a new beginning because Capricorn is a cardinal sign. So the cardinal signs are Aries, Libra, Capricorn, and Cancer. So whenever we're talking about these things, whenever we're talking about beginnings, we're talking about endings. Whenever we're talking about endings, we're talking about beginnings, right? So (laughs) there's always a duality in astrology and in life. So with Capricorn, there is some breaking down of the old structure, but we're also building something new. But they're just happening simultaneously because that's what has to happen. So it can be really heavy and really uncomfortable, but also refreshing because we're going in a new direction. We're starting something new. And probably you've been working on this thing all year because we've had the nodes in Cancer and Capricorn all year. So in 2019, as I said, is really this preparatory phase 
for this moment. It's really like a time where you've been working really hard on something and building something and now it's time to launch it or let it live, maybe release a little bit of the death grip on it and allow it to mm-hmm. blossom and bloom on its own. So that's the thing with cancer. It's like, you don't want to be the mother that smothers. You want to be the nurturer. You know, plants need a little bit of space to grow. They can't be smothered. You can't water it every day. You can't drown it. You have to really let it let it have its space and do its thing. So we're kind of entering that phase of this theme, if you will. So Jupiter is also moving into Capricorn. So again, Jupiter, we thought it was going to be such a party all year, but (laughs) it hasn't been. So now Jupiter is going to be heading into Capricorn and that's early December. So by the time you're listening to this, it's already happened. Jupiter has changed signs. Jupiter has been its home sign of Sagittarius. You know, it comes every 12 years. So it's not like we won't see it again pretty soon in the world of astrology. 12 years is not a long time. So, you know, now we're going to be in Capricorn. And so Jupiter... I call Jupiter the Santa Claus of the Zodiac. He brings the blessings, the gifts, the treats, and nobody is unhappy to see him. So, you know, Jupiter going to Capricorn, it's a more sober Jupiter. It's a more responsible Jupiter. Jupiter has a tendency to allow us to be indulgent. So when Jupiter goes into Capricorn, he's basically saying, you're going to be blessed. You're going to receive the gifts of the hard work you've done because Capricorn is about the hard work. So you might not get the gifts or the blessings if you didn't do the work before. And just like I said before, Saturn is still in Capricorn and Saturn and Pluto are getting together. So if you've been cutting the corners, if you've been saying, oh, I want to you know, lose 50 pounds or meet a guy, but you've been doing nothing in terms of action to show the universe that you actually want that or are willing to do the work to get that, then you're not going to get the blessings. You're not going to get the gifts. The gifts don't come for free when Jupiter is in Capricorn. (laughs) So that's the deal with that. And so I think that we're going to have a year where, you know, it's really interesting. I think that if you've been doing the preparatory work in 2019, you are going to reap the rewards in 2020. If you haven't been, doesn't mean it's too late. Like get going, start it, do it. And also the other thing that's really nice about having five planets in Capricorn in January is that everyone always is like, oh my God, I want to lose weight. I want to meet a guy. I want to get a new job in January. And then by February, they're like, I totally forgot that I even said that. (laughs) So this is going to give you a lot of discipline. This is going to give you a lot of follow through. So if you've done that to yourself, if you've disappointed yourself by making the January New Year's resolutions time and time again... This is a year where you're going to have a lot of discipline, a lot of control, a lot of restraint at your disposal. So it's a really good year to settle into making those changes if you haven't started already. Okay. I heard that next year is going to be a tough year astrologically because of all the retrogrades. So is that not what you're saying? Okay. So there are always retrogrades happening. I don't feel like that's necessarily... When I look at next year, the thing that I see that is tough is so many eclipses in the Cancer Capricorn axis. I just think that brings a lot of fundamental change to our lives. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't think Capricorn is an easy breezy sign. It's not like if we had all of this energy happening in, I don't know, if we had all of this energy happening in Leo, like we did a couple of years ago or last year, it's like 
very different. It's about, it's, it's just a much more different energy. It's like, Hey, be yourself, let yourself shine, have a good time. Like that's what I was talking about last year. I was like, yeah, (laughs) it's all Leo energy. Be individualistic. You know, there was a lot of that last year and meaning 2018 and 2017. And now it's like, this is just not that energy, you know, and this is, and the Zodiac is really magical. And of course it's divine in the sense that we have those moments of allowing ourselves to be open and creative and expansive. And then we have those moments of feeling like we need to rein it in Mm -hmm. and get serious. And then next year, when we were in May, when the North node goes into Gemini, it'll be about allowing yourself to express yourself again. And it'll be about being expansive and taking in knowledge and experience in the world and expressing that through your own voice. Like, you know, we have these, so it's, it's never like, oh my God, it's going to be such heavy astrology. It's like, well, this is necessary. This is part of the evolution is part of the growing process. We have to get a little bit serious to make some real change happen so that we can move on to the next phase, which is allowing ourselves to be creative and expressive and open and all of that. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's always an ebb and a flow. There's always a yin and a yang. So retrogrades always happen. So every year for half the year, the outer planets are retrograde. I don't even worry about it. I barely think about it because it's just not, it just happens. You know, it's not, it's just part for the course. Yes. Mercury goes retrograde pretty frequently. Venus will go retrograde a few times. This happens. These are opportunities for reflection. Like if we only ever went forward, we would make a lot of mistakes. If we only ever went forward, we wouldn't grow because we wouldn't have the opportunity to look back. Yeah. And as you know, like as being from a being a business owner and doing your own personal development work, reflection is like the most important part of the game. Right. right. So that's what the retrogrades do for us. Okay. Is it going to be like, you know, cause Capricorn rules money, is it like going to affect everyone's money in that way? Or is it still more dependent on like where it shows up in their chart? So Capricorn doesn't really rule money. It rules okay. our reputation out in the world, which Got often it. is career for people. Okay. okay. Venus rules money. So it's really interesting because oh, how people feel about right. money is often has a lot to do with their self-worth and how they feel about themselves in their romantic relationships has a lot to do about their self-worth. Yeah. I always say so money, and, money and men are like however you relate to men is probably how you relate to money and vice versa. Right. So the other thing about Venus that's really interesting, speaking of her, is that yes, she rules our money. Yes, she rules our love life. Yes, she rules our social life, how we relate to other women. Venus really has to do with that's on the, I guess, the mundane level, but on the more spiritual level, it's really what we value. It's how we value ourselves and how we value others and the things that we value in our life. Okay. So When we look at money, we look at Venus, we look at the second house, we look at the eighth house, but Capricorn is more about, you know, the thing with Capricorn is Capricorns generally want to ascend and be viewed as important and significant. The dollar sign is not as important as the title for a lot of Capricorns. So it's really about being the one that works the hardest and having people validate them for being the one that works the hardest. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it's much more about that. Okay. And it's ego, but like not necessarily in a bad way. We all need a little bit of ego to make stuff happen in the world. Okay. If we 
no ego, we would all not be moving forward, right? We wouldn't, there needs to be a little bit of ego for us to accomplish great things. And that's what Capricorn teaches us to do. Capricorn really teaches us how to accomplish great things. And that's why I'm really excited for this year. And that's why I'm really excited for this astrology, because I feel like, yeah, it's hard work, but accomplishing great things is often takes a little bit of hard work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and then is there anything going on with Venus or in the love department for those listening? Yeah. So Venus is actually like the trailblazer right now. She is moving through Capricorn. She's actually going to be moving into Capricorn next week when we're recording this. And by the time you're listening to this, she's already been there or is there. So she's moving through Capricorn first. So she's going to really like pave the way for all of us to move through these degrees of Capricorn in the coming weeks. When Venus moves through Capricorn, you're going to generally be more interested in things that are steady and reliable and building a future as opposed to having a fling. You know, Venus in Leo really wants to be loved and adored and looked at. And Venus in Capricorn is like, okay, what's your plan for the future? Do you have a 401k? Like, what are we doing? (laughs) My Venus is Capricorn. And I used to joke that all I wanted to know was people's credit scores before I went on a date with them. Yeah. And that's why you're so, and that's another reason you're so responsible with money (laughs) is because your Venus is in Capricorn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, My Venus is in Taurus, which is also where she likes to be because it's her home sign, but Venus in Taurus likes to spend money. Venus and Taurus can go either way. You can be really frugal or really generous. And I am the latter. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, so it's interesting. But Venus, you know, where your Venus is really says a lot about how you interact with other women, how you want to be loved and how you love, you know? So Venus and Capricorn, it's a little restrained and that's okay. That's okay. It allows us to be discerning especially because Venus Sagittarius really wants to have a good time and let loose and isn't necessarily concerned with the commitments. But then Venus goes into Capricorn and she gets a little more interested in that. So Venus is actually going to move with her retrograde. She's not going to make it back to Capricorn in 2020. She's going to get into the beginning degrees of Sagittarius at the very end of 2020. Um, So she's not going to make it back to this point. So she's not going to be back here until 2021. So it's a really good time to as Venus moves through Capricorn, it is a really good time to take stock of what you value when it comes to the structures and the foundations in your life. You know, who are the people that really hold you up? Are you happy with your financial situation and the foundation it creates for you, whether it's, you know, paying your rent or buying you a home or allowing you to live the lifestyle you want to live. This is a time of checking in with your values in terms of the Mm long-term. So that's important. And we're not going to be back here in that for Venus, at least she's not going to be back here for until we get past 2021. So that's really interesting. It's the last time she'll be in Capricorn with Saturn for a long time because Saturn is actually going to be moving on. So after he makes his conjunction with Pluto, Saturn is going to go into Aquarius March 23rd, 2020. So he's going to spend a little bit of time in Aquarius and then he's going to dip back into Capricorn. When he retrogrades. Yeah, for the latter half of the year. And then he's going to come back into Aquarius in December. So, you know, this will be really, really interesting. I'm excited to see Saturn in Aquarius. Saturn in Aquarius 
it really is a very intelligent Saturn. It can be a really futuristic Saturn. It can give us the ability to be a little bit freedom seeking and a little outside of the box and a little bit rebellious in the way that we do our work because Saturn is our work. Mm -hmm. So whenever Saturn goes into Aquarius, it gives a lot of people the desire to maybe break out of the corporate structure. So if that part of your life is being destroyed right now, like if this is happening in your 10th house or your sixth house or your second house, and you are wanting to break out of the corporate structure, it'll be really interesting to see how that feels when Saturn goes into Aquarius. For those in the world that work for themselves and maybe do work that's a little bit outside of the norm, that's going to feel really good. It's going to feel really, it's going to feel comforting. Hmm. It's interesting because one of the women I listened to a podcast, she was saying at the beginning of 2019, and she knows nothing about astrology. So I found this very funny. She said, she predicted that she thought a lot of people were going to get back into the nine to five in 2019. And I thought to myself, that's so true because Saturn is in Capricorn (laughs) and everyone's going to want to feel steady and everyone's going to want to have that steady paycheck and that 401k and, you know, feel the comfort of that steady nine to five. And then you're going to have Saturn go into Aquarius. And then people are going to be like, yeah, I love the freelance life. And I like working for myself and I want freedom. I don't want boundaries and all of that. So Saturn and Aquarius, it's an interesting mix because he doesn't necessarily appreciate the boundaries that he generally desires, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to happen. And then Jupiter is going to be in Capricorn though. So he is going to be there for most of the year until December, 2020. And Jupiter is going to be sextiling Neptune three times. And this is really interesting because we had Jupiter squaring Neptune three times this year. So a little bit like one of the themes of 2019 was this Jupiter square Neptune, which made us either it took down those people in our life that maybe we put on a pedestal that didn't deserve it. Maybe we were believing something to be the truth and it wasn't the truth. You know, this... Jupiter square Neptune also was a little bit of like the dream that I have. Is it real or is it a fantasy? That was kind of, that's kind of the Jupiter Neptune thing. Squares are challenging. They're aspects that bring friction. Jupiter sextile Neptune, that's a flowing aspect that they're working together. So now that you've gone through that tough stuff of deciding whether or not the dream is real, whether or not it's something you want to put your energy into or you want to work toward, or maybe you're not necessarily blindly following someone that didn't have your best interest at heart. Now that you've got the truth, these two planets are going to come together and help you work toward the dream in a harmonious way. Like now that you've got the clarity, if that makes sense. Okay. So... Jupiter also is going to be meeting Pluto three times in 2020. And I think that's really interesting. So Jupiter expands whatever it touches. Pluto and Mars share the responsibility of how we view power in our lives. So when Pluto and Jupiter come together, it can make us all feel a little more powerful than we actually are. It might make us feel a little, it might embolden the ego in a way, especially in Capricorn, in a way that is not healthy. So that is something to keep yourself in check with. And also to notice that if your boss is all of a sudden like really, really too big for his britches, or if you are like feeling like that person that works with you, like all of a sudden is just 
you know, trying to take over. Like that is very Jupiter and Pluto coming together. So we have to be really mindful about our relationship with power. Now, Pluto does rule power, and that has a lot to do with what's going on with Saturn and Pluto coming together, and a lot to do with what's going on in the world right now. But when Jupiter comes to Pluto, it's going to really expand who has the power. And that is something... That feels a little scary based on what's going on right now. <laughs> okay, well, here's what's really interesting, though. I was going to ask you what you year, thought about everything. Of, so this is what's really interesting, and this is what I'm so excited to say. So... At the end of 2020, Jupiter and Saturn are going to conjunct in Aquarius. This happens every 19 years. And this is what they call the aspect that leads to the rise and fall of royalty. That's like the old way of looking at it. And so if you look at the history of America, all of the presidents who were elected under this particular aspect have almost all of them have died in office. Except for either they were assassinated or had a heart attack or whatever, except for Reagan, who was shot but did not die, and George W. Bush. And that was really interesting, which I didn't even remember this because we were kind of young when he was in office. I mean, I was in college, but there was a a grenade thrown, but it didn't go off. Did you know about that? I don't even remember that. I know the shoe thing. That's not the shoe thing, right? No, no, no. But there apparently was some. I just read it. I actually didn't even know that because I was like, well, George W. Bush, but. There were some attempts that didn't oh, I don't happen. wish for anyone's death, but I do wish for some people's well, loss at an election. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So it's really, really interesting. So this is the rise and fall of power. This is what they call this aspect. So it's interesting. I mean, I don't have the stats on it now, but I'm going to be doing a... I'm going to probably do a bonus podcast episode about the chart during Watergate and the chart now. I'm sure there's lots of overlaps and it'll be really interesting. But... This is definitely going to be interesting to see what happens at the end of the year. And obviously, the election will have already taken place. So I don't know, you know, if this is going to be brewing and we're going to be feeling that. You know, the thing about Jupiter and Pluto coming together three times this year, I always think of that as not always, but I've just thought of it today. I was thinking it's sort of like that. Isn't there a saying like giving you the the setup to actually take yourself out of the game. Like giving you the the hubris and the arrogance to really think you're so big and so mighty, but that's the thing that takes every leader out of the game mm-hmm. when they think they're untouchable. Right. And that's what Jupiter and Pluto feels like. Got it. You Got know? It. Got it. So, and I think that this was happening now with the impeachment hearings. Yeah. You know, we're seeing that people had a lot of arrogance and a lot of hubris and thought that they were untouchable. And it's the same thing with every situation we've seen in history. You know, people really take themselves out of the game more than more than anyone else taking them out of the game. So I think it'll be really interesting to see. Election day, the moon is in Gemini and Trump is a Gemini. So I'm not like I'm not so keen on that. <laughs> He's a Gemini? Mm-hmm. He's a Gemini. Of course, he's a Gemini. Not that I don't love Geminis. I do. But Geminis definitely have a, you know, a fluid relationship with the truth. <laughs> Depending on your chart, his chart, yeah. he is a fluid relationship. Geminis with the truth. are a sign that trips me up because like I know a lot of Geminis, including my husband. And like, I feel like every one of them is different. 
You know, it's like, I can kind of put my friends like, okay, I can see how we're all kind of Capricorns or all kind of Aries or whatever. Like I can Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. box them in kind of in a way, but with Gemini's, I'm like, no, I I don't get it. So that's like one sign. I just do not understand, even though I'm married to one. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I have to look, I haven't looked at it. I look at his chart every once in a while, but he's a really, first of all, everyone has an interesting chart when people are like, Oh my God, he has an amazing chart. Everybody has an amazing chart. You know, there's always things that are going to be really resonant for people, Mm -hmm. but he is a Gemini and his son in Gemini is conjunct his North node in Gemini. It's also, I would say conjunct his Pluto. So it's not surprising if you've got a son in Gemini pretty close to Pluto that you have a big ego, (laughs) a big ego, but it's not even that it's like a comfortableness with the secrets. It's like a, an Mm -hmm. ease around not being truthful. Got it. Because, you know, Pluto is awesome. Pluto transits are really hard, but they're the things that make us grow. And you know, how do I say this? It makes him a bully too, because he feels like he has so much power because his, his son is, you know, lighting up his Pluto. So it's like, he feels like he has so much power. No one can touch him. But then also Gemini's do have that flip-flop quality. It's a mutable sign. So, you know, my father had a moon in Gemini, we used to call him the most decisively indecisive person. (laughs) And he was a Pisces, so the moon in Gemini was like mutable. It's like all mutable. So mm-hmm. when you have a lot of mutable stuff, like it can make you flip flop and you don't necessarily think you're lying. That's the thing. That's why I say they have a fluid relationship with the truth because what's true for them on Monday might really not be true for them on Wednesday. And so for us coming from that perspective of I'm an Aries, you're a Capricorn, we're very cardinal sign, we're very light black. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. For us coming from a true false world, that feels like a lie. But for them, that's like their fluid experience of reality. Interesting. So it's really interesting when people are like, how can you lie like that? And I'm like, because I think he just doesn't even see it as lying. He's just yeah. fluid. He's just been through. But anyway, so neither here nor there, I think it'll be interesting. I will not make a prediction. So many people made predictions last time. I'll let Michael Moore predict. Because <laughs> <laughs> he the, was the, right last time. The 538 blog's pretty good too. But I, I don't think they were right last time with Trump. But um, um, yeah. Michael Moore predicted it. I'll be looking to him. Apparently a lot of people predicted it, but they just, you know. Yeah. He predicted it in July before the election. And so I will be looking for him to be my oracle again. And yeah, the moon is going to be in Gemini that day. So that will be really interesting. But like the other candidates could have Gemini depending on who wins. Yes, totally. And there's so many. And that's another podcast bonus episode that I'm waiting to do, which is on all the Democratic candidates. But I just feel like there's so many still. And I don't wait until it narrows down. I need to wait until it narrows down. And I and tonight will be interesting because we were filming the debate. And I'm hoping like once it narrows down, I would really like to do it. And it's starting to narrow down. Like once there's four, I feel like it'll be a really good yeah. Way to dive in. And some of them do have some Gemini. They there is quite a bit of Virgo, I believe. I have to look. I haven't looked in a bit. But okay. um with that said, yeah, election day will be interesting. I want to make sure that I got to everything that we were going to talk about. I feel like we talked about a lot of things though. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, this is good. We definitely we covered a lot. I knew we were gonna veer off to politics. I knew I was gonna ask you. So like it's fine. And I know that most women listening to this are gonna find it super interesting. So for those listening who want more of the charts of you know, politicians, also the Real Housewives. Make sure you follow from. Yes, I do a lot of Real Housewives. I am, I'm looking for election day. It's the third, it's the third, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be really interesting. The moon is conjunct the North Node on that day. And we'll be in Scorpio time again. We're in Scorpio time now. We're going to be in Scorpio time then. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting. You know, we'll still have... Saturn and Pluto pretty close together and Jupiter will be with them. So for most of 2020, we've got Jupiter, Pluto, and Saturn together for a lot of it rather, because Saturn is going to move into Aquarius when he's going to move back into Capricorn and kind of revisit things. Yeah. You know, as far as politics go, I think that this is, it's not surprising to me that they are taking a slow and steady step-by-step approach to these hearings. And I think that's smart based on the astrology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Saturn's going to dip back and review what we're talking about early in the year. So I think it'll be interesting to say the least. I will not make a prediction, but I'm excited. We'll, we'll say. I don't know if I'm excited. We'll say. We'll it's going to be interesting. Might be moving to Canada. I know everyone says that, but <laughs> I know. Well, I don't know. They have their own issues too, though. That's true. I have a, I have several Canadian friends, so they're not so happy with their politics either. Right. There's been a lot of stuff with. So they're not so enthused with their politics either. But yeah, no, I think it'll be a really good year. And maybe one of these days we can get together and talk a little bit more about, drill it down and talk a little bit more about Venus and what she's up to. Yeah. We'll have you on after, like, you know, I I try to do like once a season-ish. So in the spring or so when things get going. Um, so where can my listeners come find you if they want to book a reading or if they just want to learn more about the Real Housewives and their signs and <laughs> all that kind of stuff? Um, so you can find me on Instagram every day in my stories, Veronica Peretti at Veronica Peretti. It's just my name. No spaces, no dots. And you can find me on my site, veronicaparetti.com. And you can book a reading with me there. You can also catch the Essential Astrocast, which is my weekly astrology forecast show. And it is there on my blog. And it's also on Instagram Live and Facebook Live. And it's as a podcast as well. So you can find it wherever you listen to podcasts, which is where most people find it. (laughs) Awesome. So we'll put all of that in the show notes so you all can go find her and listen. Thank you so much, Veronica, for coming on to the show. For being a friend of the pod. Thank you so much for having me and thanks for um, taking the politics detour. (laughs) Oh, anytime, anytime. If today's conversation resonated with you and this feels like something you need, it's possible. There are spots right now available to work with me privately. Together, we can unravel your dating patterns, clear your love blocks, and get you into the relationship you desire and deserve by digging into your constitution, your childhood, and your previous relationships. Working with me privately means I can meet you where you're at and hold your hand through the process. It doesn't matter if you've never done this work or you've been doing it for years. All that matters is that you're done with where you're at and you're ready to find love in the next 12 months and are ready to invest the time and money in radically changing your life. To explore if this is the right fit for you, please visit me at veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching to learn more and schedule your introductory call with me.
Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And that's also the place you can sign up to be coached by me here on the show. And if you love this podcast, please leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. It helps more incredible women like you find this show and find real love. Until next time, remember, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You're not broken and you don't need to be fixed. Just because you've never had the relationship you want before doesn't mean you can't have it now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.